listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. 100.7 KSLX. So did everybody have the slowest Halloween ever? <laughs> we certainly did at our house. My neighborhood, uh, there's a guy down in my neighborhood who I think is great. He, he's got a, a really young baby, um, and he puts out this little wooden sign of like a child with a flag telling people to slow down when they're driving through the neighborhood and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He put that out early. He set out his Arizona Cardinals um, tailgate tent in the driveway and sat down there, and they got a little space heater, and they, you know, they just hung out and, and gave out candy. To probably three people all <laughs> yeah, night long. It was like so it's, slow. It was the most oh. ornate setup for the, yeah. the least amount of trick-or-treaters in the history of trick-or-treating in my yeah. neighborhood. I mean, we always sit in the driveway. You know, we have a card table out there and some chairs. And we were joined by neighbors this year because nobody was nobody doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay, do you think uh, between... Yeah, you know, my neighborhood, the kids have been growing up for years. Right, and, and that, that does happen. You, that think, you think to yourself every year it gets smaller, and you go, well, it's because they get older. Between that and COVID, do you think the number of parties of people that came through, the group, number of groups of people that came through our driveway, do you think, right. I, do you think I got off one hand? Um, like, is it more than the fingers on one hand? Oh, more than, more than five? Did you have more than five trick-or-treaters? Uh, in your neighborhood? Yeah, in your neighborhood, I think so. No. No, no. There were four groups that came through. Two were well, groups. Two were but families. That doesn't count. All right, well, two were yeah. Well, two were families with two kids each. So four trick or treaters, right? And then there were th- two groups of three teenagers, like young teenagers. So six more kids. So ten trick or treaters. That's more than five. I'm right. No, I said I said parties, groups. All so, right. I either guess. way, either yeah. way, it's not much. Yeah, it's still not a lot. Got, it still doesn't look. Even if you weren't like me and didn't buy two ninety count bags of Snickers, M and M's, and Skittles, yeah. um, plus a bag of Twix and a bag of of, uh, Skitt- of Snickers fun size, just in case they weren't fun size enough for everybody, even yeah. that would leave me with sixteen pounds of extra candy. Yeah, I got. We got. We had a whole variety bag: Starburst. Skittles, uh, what Hell else yeah. was in there? Sweet Tarts, Nerds, Twizzlers, oh. all kinds. In fact, we even had Swedish fish made with real fish. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Imported from Sweden. Yes. And, of course, there's the Jeffrey Dahmer variety that are made with real Swedes. Yes, actually. exactly. So, Who knew? <laughs> but, uh, those, are, have, those are chicken fingers. We have a mountain. Made by Frank Perdue. Yeah, we have a mountain of candy left over. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, I got, I guess, how many uh, trick-or-treaters I got? Do you think I can do it on one hand? Yes. Do you think I can do it on one finger yeah uh no no <laughs> fingers right yeah zero yeah zero but but, but you know what that's nobody out that's not that's not uncommon in my neighborhood because i've got uh the dogs i got the two big german shepherds and the kids don't want to come near the house because the dogs are they yeah. look vicious when they come to the door yeah. they're no. not but they look that way um and but i still made sure i had plenty of candy because god help me if one kid comes up to the door and rings the doorbell and i'm the guy that opens the door goes, sorry no candy yeah exactly can't be that guy they don't want to be you that never want to be that guy <laughs> It's story time. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, normally, we, we basically make somebody choose between the stories for Mark and Neanderthal, uh, something that happens to us over the weekend. But Mark's story involves so many things, crime, intrigue, fugitive, fugitives from justice for years on end. I felt like we had to tell this tale, expose the miscreants that's going on in the valley. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, I was talking to a friend on Saturday. He lives over on the west side. I haven't seen him in a while because, you know, seeing friends and things like that is an idea whose time has come and passed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so I haven't seen him. And we're talking. He's saying he was annoyed because his perfect driving record 
had been blemished. He had never been in an accident before. And he got in an accident? Earlier in the week. He's Is he fine. all right? He's fine. The all other right, person's good. fine. That's good to hear. And it was not his fault. Uh, somebody else ran a red light and just kind of sideswiped him a little bit. So just a dent in the side, no, no, no real damage or anything. But right. of course they pull over. You know, they're like, and and he was like, I I never been in an accident before. I actually don't know what to do. And the other person's like, I'm sorry, this was totally my fault. And so they wind up calling the police. Police officer comes and talks to both of them for a while. Police officer pulls my friend aside and said, listen, just so you know, you know, this was obviously the other guy's fault. I'm going to cite him and, and write him up and so forth. Um, by the way, you may want to get your vehicle registered. Okay. And the guy's like, my buddy's like, mom, my vehicle's registered. And she's like, the, the cop is like, no, um, your registration expired three years ago. Three years. Three years. He's been driving around. He's like, he couldn't believe it. He's been driving around for three years unregistered. And this was not on purpose. Wow. This was, a, you know, and, and I've had it happen where, you know, maybe two weeks. I, I did it late. It didn't get back in the mail in time, whatever it was. Or, you know, sometimes like with insurance, I've let it slip under, slip through the cracks and I've been uninsured for like a month. I was like, oh, my God, I got to get that taken care of. And I did. But three years. Three years is ex- exorbitant, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I would say. I mean, I mean, have you how ever do you, heard how anything you, like that? No. How do you get... I mean, unless it's deliberate. I mean, I've never right. heard of accidental three years. Don't doesn't your insurance company contact you too and say, "Hey, your registration's no good." I don't know. The, I don't. That makes me. I, in fact, I forgot to ask him about the insurance because, I mean, I don't know that you have to be registered to be insured. I would assume you don't. Because you could buy a policy for as long as you want well, to. Well, you I have suppose. to have insurance before you can be registered. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah but either, either way, I, I I would be very curious if there's anybody who has done that. And yeah, I mean, you don't have to beat three years, but even like three months is a long time. Three weeks is a long time. Yeah, no, I to drive I, without registration. I will tell you, I, I, not a day doesn't go by in a week that I don't. Pull up behind somebody at a red light and see that their plate sticker has expired. I'm going to have to start looking closer. It happens I, I, all I the rarely time. Ever, I see it all the time. I rarely ever notice that. I usually read the plates and see if they're, you know, yeah. if they're personalized. Snowbirds I try and figure whatever. it out or whatever. Yeah. But, um, 480-470-KSLX is the number. I'd be curious if there's somebody who's who can top that. Not that it's something you want to top. I have a friend who shall remain uh, nameless, but uh, his motorcycle uh, registration ran out in 2013. And I know this because I was behind <laughs> him. I was so, behind him on a way on my way whoa. to a, a, a biker bar. He did, but and that, he knows this. Oh, I think it's deliberate. I think he's doing it to see how long he can get away with it. Wow. Yeah. So, again, I don't think inadvertently you can do that. I think you have to, I think it has to be a deliberate decision. You would think. You'd think you'd notice it at some point just walking past it in your garage. Yeah. Look at it and see it says 17. Yeah. You would think so. So, the story I just told, one guy said this about it. Yeah, you, yeah, I'm calling a little bull on that accident story. Well, that's not, that's very cynical of you, sir. <laughs> it's a new month. It's the day before an election. Come on, let's make America great. Um, you know, uh, uh, here's the deal. I, I, as far as I know, 
It is absolutely legit. For the for the for those of you that are just joining this story, uh, Mark's friend, who shall go nameless, uh, was pulled over in a municipality, municipality which shall go nameless, after uh, an an accident. You know, the, the authority showed up and said, "Hey, your registration has been expired for three years." And we mused how that could be possible if you weren't doing it deliberately. And and by all accounts, Mark's friend was not lying. No, he's, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have any reason to lie to me about that. Right. Um, you know how you talk to you have your friends, and you know some of them can be can be full of it sometimes. This guy's not one of those people. Right. And he brought it up himself. We had, and it just came up naturally in the conversation that he had gotten into this accident, which was his first. But this guy believes that the guy that just called us believes that that's there's no way that, that would be possible because you would be informed by the insurance company and by the the you know Department of Public Safety and all that stuff that your registration is is expired. And I, I can tell you, I got one of those when I sold my truck. Um, I did get a, hey, your registration has been expired. Your can- your insurance will be canceled if you don't right. contact us by this time. Right. You know, and I, I can't find the guy. I, you know, I, we had recorded a call or two and I can't find the guy who said he had a buddy who did it for seven years. Seven years, but did seven it deliberately. Years. But did it deliberately. Did which, it deliberately. Which, by deliberately, the way, yeah. it's, look, I, I, you can't say that it doesn't happen. It does happen. I've seen people who have had the sticker peeled off their their tag. I watched a truck. It was literally just this past Friday on the way home from work. It was a work truck, clearly a work truck. You know, it had all tools and stuff in the back of the, of the pickup truck. No plate on it at all. <laughs> no plate. No rear plate. It was on the I-10. It was on the I-10, like, uh, like right around 83rd or so. It was, there was no plate. Yeah. There was nothing in the back window. Like normally, like if there's no plate on the back of the car, you'll see the temporary tag, you know, taped to the back window. Yeah. Nothing. There was nothing denoting that this car was legal in any way, shape or form on the road. And listen, the odds are if you go out once or twice, the odds are with you that you're not going to get caught. Right. Right. There's just not that many police officers around to always be there. Right. When you do that. Yeah. But if you do it a bunch, of, if you do it for seven years, it's likely you'll get caught. Um, that guy who we talked to, his buddy at a certain point, I said, did he get caught? He goes, no, he just decided to go straight on his own. Basically, he just said, right. no, enough of this. I've been pushing my luck for seven years. And I'm going to get the plates registered. Look, when we were younger, oh. we've, all, we've all had that situation yeah. where you couldn't afford to pay your car insurance mm-hmm. and you waited a month or two before you caught back up yeah. to it. That That's happened to people. People. But that's car insurance. That's not your plate sticker. And three years seems like a lengthy period of haphazard judgment. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I want to say hi to Joe, who emailed us. We were talking about my, my friend. Hey, Joe. Accidentally driving around for three years with an unregistered vehicle. Right. And, and only finding out because he got into his first accident ever. Wow. Um, this, this guy, Joe, wrote in, he says, on our camper, they never sent us the paperwork to get new tags. My wife's not really involved with the camper, but she is signed up online to receive renewal for cars, trucks, bikes, and the camper. I went to go camping a few months back and noticed the camper had 2016 plates on it. Nice. I mean... The year 2016, not 2016 plates. Well, although some people do do that with their campers. They put the extra plates on the back and stuff. So she said, he goes, I asked my wife where the new tags were. She said, what new tags? Needless to say, we got a pretty hefty fine from MVD. Now, I have a a, a motorcycle trailer for my motorcycles, and they now have permanent tags. Like you can just, you you, you just pay one thing. Yeah, so for like a trailer, something that you don't use very often, they will give you a permanent tag. So that it never expires, which is cool. Sort of like a forever stamp. Yeah. Sort of. All right. What, what's your story? Hi, fellas. Uh, 1984, I bought a motorcycle for my boss here in Phoenix. It uh, wasn't registered because he was a cocaine dealer. <laughs> and I was here I was here for motorcycle mechanic school up at MMI from Minnesota. 
in that six-month period, I got nine tickets for failure to register, including two in one 24-hour period. What are you, big time in us? <laughs> yeah. Since I knew I wasn't sticking around, I uh, kind of forgot, uh, didn't pay any of them. And mm-hmm. when we moved back to Arizona, or moved to Arizona, I was a little apprehensive that maybe they may have a record of that. But they didn't. Yeah, so uh, it, it wasn't a long period of time, but the cops were very uh, astute. Yeah, they were on you. By the way, do you still have that cocaine dealer's number? <laughs> no. <laughs> I kid, of course, cocaine's yeah. bad, drugs bad. Drugs are bad. bad. I did have, I don't have a, a registration story like that, but I do have a, uh, when I got uh, asked to leave Framingham State College in 1988, uh, I left with somewhere around $1,500 worth of parking tickets, uh, moved back to Massachusetts in 2004. I had gone around the country to do radio stuff, moved back in 2004, found out I couldn't get my car registered in Massachusetts because I had outstanding tickets. Bingo. Went to Framingham State to clear everything up and they didn't have any record of my tickets because they had switched over to a computer system and did away with anything longer older than 10 years old so they just sent me lucky. gave me a release and yep. i got a 1500 dollars you know get out of jail free card yep. a little bonus nothing wrong with that huh sometimes you get lucky just wait it out baby it's mark and the we will be out this saturday for 12 consecutive hours at the Bashes at 7th Street in Missouri. And it's part of the Tex Earnhardt Memorial Food Drive. That's Saturday. That's the whole day when you can donate food. You can donate money. You can donate online all week this week. You can still do that, and that helps us get a good head start. Um, but our three contestants last week who decided to step out ahead of everybody else yeah. and see who could raise the most money. It was a little, just a little friendly competition for bragging rights. To see who could raise the most number of meals. And who did? Well, yeah, and you know St. Mary's takes $1 and turns it into seven meals. Which is great. And by the way, thank you to uh, to Jerry Brown and the folks over there at St. Mary's Food Bank who are doing amazing work every day. And if you're one of those people who might be having trouble making ends meet, do not feel any shame in having to take advantage of a food bank. A lot of Americans are doing it now, and there is no shame in it. That's what it's there for. You've got plenty of other things to worry about. A meal shouldn't be one of them, and that's why St. Mary's Food Bank does great stuff. Now, even though she was in third place, Laura... Still managed to raise over 10,000 meals, just her and her friends, by donating. That's great. That's fantastic. Greg was in second place, managed to donate over 12,800 meals. All right. It's great. That's nice. So we're working at about almost 23,000 meals already. But we got our winner on the phone. Oh, boy. Danny, you raised the most. Congrats. Hello, Danny. Thank you. (laughs) You know, that's uh, great. You know, we, we looked at your total... You had almost $3,000, which means you were over 20,000 meals that you and your friends will be providing through St. Mary's Food Banks. That's pretty nice. Holy crap, that's a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're on our way to 365,000 meals. What we want to do is 1,000 meals a day for an entire year to benefit St. Mary's Food Bank. And it's all part of the Tex Earnhardt Memorial Food Drive. So this Saturday from 6A to 6P, we'll be hanging out at Bash's on 7th Street in Missouri. And because of you, Danny, uh, 21,000 or so people are going to eat. Yeah, and also thanks to... Awesome. Uh, Thanks to Greg and Laura, who also did. Greg came in second. Laura was third, but they were close. And, I mean, all told, I think we got something like fifty or 60,000 meals. That's or, great. Not not that many, but about 50,000 meals altogether, which is which is great. Um, so, That's Danny. Absolutely amazing. In case people forgot, you were the gentleman who had that motorcycle wreck and actually died, died twice, twice, right? Twice, yep, and you, came back, obviously. What are you, big time in this? <laughs> you, you know what, Danny? I promised somebody I would ask you this. Did you see your life flash before your eyes? 
Uh, no, but I did have an out-of-body, which was kind of crazy. Did you experience the thing? Uh, and, and I've had a near-death experience. Did you experience that feeling of peace and serenity that you say to yourself when you came back? You're like, Jesus, I wish I could find that in life. Yes, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. No there's that, ifs, ends, or buts. Yeah, there's like this, there's this quiet calm that overtakes you, and you start to go, well, if this is it, I'm good with it. And then you come back and you go, oh, my God. God, I wish I could have that in life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Danny, hopefully raising 20,000 meals will provide you with some of that. It definitely it definitely helps the cause. <laughs> I, I will say that. All right. Thank well, you, listen, Danny, man. It's awesome. It really is. Yeah, thank you so much for taking part in that. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. I just want to thank everyone who donated. Just amazing. I can't believe how, how fast they came through at the end. So you just heard Danny uh, donate, and you're on your way to inner peace. Danny, are you my friend? You can donate this week. Before we even do the food drive, you can help us get a head start by going to kslx.com. Look for the Tex Earnhardt Memorial Food Drive graphic. Click on it, and then it's pretty simple from there. We talk about a thing called the Mark and Neanderthal Dumbass of the Day. All right. So Georgia native Marsha Temple. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And her family decided to take the trip to Disney World during the second week of October. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip for a lot of people. It's sure. a big deal. Yeah. So Marsha and her six-year-old were waiting in line, waiting to get their temperature checked, when Marsha realized that she couldn't go in with what she had tucked away in the back of the stroller she was pushing with her younger one. Uh-oh. That was a loaded 9 millimeter handgun. You can't take guns to, to the happiest place on Earth? Yeah, can you believe it? Hard to um, believe. So, not wanting to do the right but inconvenient thing and go back to the car or hotel <laughs> no. and put it there, no. Marsha instead grabbed the gun and hid it in a bunch of plants right near the security checkpoint. Well, good thing there are no cameras at the happiest yeah, right? place on Earth. Yeah. And so, security is not at a high alert stage no. these days in America. So a health worker who was doing the temperature taking saw Marsha do this, alerted security. They came over and they found the gun, which was just barely nestled into the planter. Well, you don't want to get you any dirt in your gun. That would cause want, the jam. You want to be able to see it, yeah, too, when you, you come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I forgot where I buried this. It's around here somewhere. <laughs> so as they're sort of collecting the gun, Marsha, who was up near the front of the line at this point, saw this going on, came back over and said, excuse me, that's mine. And security asked Marsha why she had hidden a gun in the bushes. And she said, oh, I, I didn't do that. Uh, she told him that she had given the gun to her six-year-old to hold while she went and tried to find her brother, wait, wait, who wait. was then going to take the gun back to the car. Wait, wait, wait. She threw her six-year-old and under her brother bus, under yeah. the bus? Yeah. Wow, what a bitch. Yeah. She said the kid must have put it there, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to try and unravel Marsha's logic, because, like, neither of those scenarios make her look very good, right? No, no, and, no. and one of them is caught on tape, and it's right. not the one she told. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poorly hiding a gun in some bushes at a very crowded place, or letting a six-year-old hold the gun while you do go do other things. They're both bad options. Yeah, I think so. Especially with the gun being loaded and having one in the chamber. Oh, boy. And to top it off, Marsha doesn't have a permit for the gun either. And she's yeah. in California, which is one of the toughest places. No. no oh, in Florida. Florida. Oh, yeah, Disney sorry. World. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, well, it's Florida, so Florida does what Florida does. Yeah. So Florida she, mom. She was taken to jail. <laughs> That's Marsha Temple, the... 
Mark Neanderthal, dumbass of the day. I think that was a beautiful story you just told. And it was powered by the brand new Roadrunner Harley Davidson, now open at 159th Avenue and McDowell in Goodyear. I saw Sean Connery had passed away over the weekend. We, I, I think it was Friday morning. We were joking around, and somehow the, the song Aqualung got mentioned. And yeah. I, and I said, well, you know, Sean Connery's version of Aqualung, shitting on a park bench. on a park bench, yes. And, I remember that one. And then, you know, it, it was just a passing moment on the show. Yeah. And, you know, let's face it, Sean, Sean Connery's not been in the public eye, really, for 10 years, at least. Let's just say this right now. Okay, Sean Connery passed. At 90. Uh, over the weekend, at the age of 90. It was time. I mean, it's sad, but it was time. He was 90. He did. I mean, he had a great life. He had a fantastic career. He did. Um, he is arguably one of the most famous characters in the history of cinematography. Talking about James Bond. Absolutely. And But he was also in a bunch of other things. I mean, he was great in Highlander. He was great in uh, in The Rock. It was just weird that we happened to mention him on Friday. And yeah. then on Saturday... He dies. I'm not going to lie to you. We also mentioned Eddie Van Halen very recently before his passing as well. I'm starting to feel like we're the McLean Stevenson of radio. If little, we're involved, it's it's a failure. It's going to go bad. A little spooky. Yeah. So so we were talking about the uh, the movie The Untouchables. Which he was great in in that, too. I believe he won Best Supporting Actor yeah. for that. Um, so he and he plays the street cop in Chicago. And there's a scene where he, he gives Kevin Costner some advice. And we were asking people, do you remember... The famous quote. We call it the Chicago way quote. Yeah, because it's one of the most quoted lines in, in in film history and also one of the most misquoted lines in film history. I mean, this gal couldn't get it. If they if they hurt, if they put one of yours in the hospital, you put one of theirs in the morgue, that That's pretty that's that's, that's, that's about as it. close as you can ask. Yeah, yeah you're getting there. <laughs> I just watched it. Uh, yesterday. So well, that doesn't just... speak highly of your short-term memory. <laughs> so this <laughs> this guy was unable. Oh, yeah. You don't pull a knife to a gunfight. Because that is a different part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a different part of the movie I... where he uses a very disparaging turn toward Italian-Americans and says, typical, brought a knife to a gunfight. Yep, brought a knife to a gunfight. And I've been mixing them up for the for a long time also. The actual this is the the scene we're talking about is when they're sitting in the church and he's trying to explain to Kevin Costner, who's obviously an FBI Treasury agent type deal, how to get Capone. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's how you get Capone. Yeah, that's the Chicago way, spoken by a guy with a lisp. Yep, and that's how you get with Capone. A speech impediment. Ironically. It was actually tax evasion is how they yeah, got Capone. Yeah, that's not how they got Capone. They never got Capone yeah. that way. I there was no it was, violence involved. I believe it was the accountant portrayed by <laughs> Charles Martin Smith, I think, is the wow, actor. look at you. Wow, um, going deep on it. What are you, big time in this? Yeah, I think that's the guy's name, but yeah. you recognize him. But, uh, yeah, he's the guy who comes up with the plot. It's like, hey, the guy hasn't paid t- his taxes at all, and that's how they actually get Al Capone. Yeah, he was great as, uh, was it John Goodspeed in, uh, in, in The Rock? When he was uh, he was a uh, a member of uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service, and he had the film on the Kennedy assassination, Sean the microfiche. Connery. Yep. Yeah. See, I I never saw The Rock. That was a great um, movie. I've watched little bits of it, but I haven't seen a whole lot of it. But uh, if you take Nicolas Cage out of it, it's a great movie. <laughs> that works a lot of times. Yes, actually. exactly. Very common. Yeah. So you know, Sean Connery. I mean, if you've got if you've got an opinion, a great movie we forgot about. I kind of. Oh, he thought he was a little bit overrated? Oh, my God! I know that's sacrilegious. Oh, I know. It's KSLX. Oh, oh.
best line of the morning so far. Morning. It's going to say, whatever you do, do not let Sean Connery teach your dog to sit. Yep, it's a good point. Very yep. nicely done. Yep, the Sean Connery dog <laughs> dog obedience course. Yes. Uh, and, and by the way, good morning to Sean and Chandler, who has a soft spot for Sean Connery because he was named after him. My, parents named him. My guess is um, Sean is a very common, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were named after Sean Connery. Yeah, like the, it wouldn't yeah. be unusual, you know, because uh, it's it's funny because he'd been around so long. Um, some of the movies that like Medicine Man, I never even heard of it. Yeah, barely. Um, but one guy emailed that's one of my favorite movies. That's a Sean Connery movie. The Name of the Rose. Never heard of it. Yeah. Zardoz. Oh, yeah. From the yeah. 70s. I remember that. That was when he when he got into science fiction before yes. Outland. Before yeah. Outland. Outland was a science fiction movie. Entrapment. Yeah. With Entrapment. the lovely Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames was in that as well. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. My co-star. Co-star in the movie and Catherine Zeta-Jones, who had a fabulous arsh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very funny. It's, it's really interesting. And without getting too deep into what it all means, um, Anthony emailed and said, you know, there was this 1966 interview that, that Sean Connery did where they asked him about hitting women in the James Bond movie. Because for those that don't know, the original character of James Bond, he was Daniel Craig, the way Daniel Craig plays James Bond, where he's sort of uh, um, dismissive of women and sort of a sexist pig and sort of a jerk and would punch you in the face if you were his mother and stuff like kind of thing that's how james bond was originally portrayed and they had to sort of sanitize it a little bit for the 60s because you couldn't do that in movies but he started talking about it and he mentioned that you know he doesn't see that there's anything wrong necessarily with hitting a woman as long as there's plenty as long as there's plenty of warning and all other options have been exhausted and he said it should be with an open hand he was asked about that about 20 years 25 years later by by Barbara Walters, when he became big again, because he kind of went through a career lull after James Bond. Yeah. He gets big again. And, and he was knighted. Him about he got that. knighted, yeah. Yeah, and then he kind of he kind of said, yeah, I still kind of feel that way. And it's funny how that never really came back to haunt him when people say things that are much more innocuous. And benign, yeah. Than that, and it comes back to haunt him a hundred times. But somehow, there are some guys who things just slide off of. And well, I think Sean Connery was one of those guys. He was Teflon. There was something yeah. very inf- infinitely likable about Sean Connery, so he could get away right. with a lot of stuff that I think that most people couldn't get away from because he had style and and looks and yeah. class in it to a certain degree, and and he just he got away with with a lot of stuff. I can't well, imagine. Well stated. I, yeah, I can't imagine making those <laughs> statements today. Yeah, it's KSLX. KSLX. Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX.